Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mama, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Ho, 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 moviegoers! You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. And we just can't get enough of the Christmas spirit. (laughs) We're just so in the Christmas spirit that it's Christmas all year round. Oh, yeah. I am jolly, holly, but mostly jolly. Mary? Mary. No, not married. Oh. Basically okay. divorced. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> single oh, <no>. dad. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> I'm a single dad who doesn't mind joking about it. <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing, I'm here <clears throat> at Sky Two Dudes. At, <laughs> at Sky Two Dudes on Instagram. <laughs> Check me out on Tinder. <clears throat> I like this voice. This is my this is my single dad dating voice. <laughs> hey. Hey, ladies, do you like what you're hearing (laughs) on K104? (laughs) Very local reference. Great, great job. Like a like a third of our listeners. WRRV. WPDH. (laughs) Hudson Valley. New Rock Alternative. (laughs) All right. This is very localized to just you you and I, Colin, and then like a small sliver of our audience who is from here as well, like basically our friends. But I love that WRV would always be like new rock alternative. But then they would just always play Santa Maria by <laughs> Sublime. Even though it was like 2010. So they're like, new rock alternative. Here's a song from 94. That's what I was going to say. It's the new rock alternative. Never made it as a wise man. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you remind me of I really am. This is how. <laughs> what has this show become? That's the, the new rock alternative. That's the newest rock alternative. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you there's newer rock alternative. They just don't play it on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Like, I really would love it if, like, instead of new rock alternative, they actually advertised what they're really doing. Like, if they were a little bit honest with themselves, or just like, WRRV, but rock alternative. <laughs> Here's an old song from Puddle of Mud. <laughs> WRV, an alternative to listening to rock music. <laughs> Do you hate listening to real good music? Perfect. <laughs> wake me up inside. <laughs> yeah, I can't wake up. <laughs> Save me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, we sing a lot on this show. That might be my favorite thing we've ever done. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, episode's over. You're not going to get better than that. <laughs> oh my god, that's so stupid. Thank you so much for backing me up. I was I was worried I was gonna have to do it all myself. <laughs> you nailed it. You fucking nailed it. You're a king. Oh, thank you. You king. <laughs> you king of kings. <laughs> Speaking of kings, I actually wanted to mention this on our last episode, but we're still in the Christmas spirit. Yeah, and you just we're, mentioned kings. We're recording this the same day, still in the same room. Yeah. We're still talking, talking a holiday movie. Still talking a holiday movie, yeah. Yeah. Um, Modern Christmas classic. Exactly. <laughs> just came out, but it's already a classic. Yeah. But yeah, you know, you just mentioned King and King, you know, like the Pumpkin King, like Nightmare Before Christmas. This is why I wanted mm-hmm. to mention it last episode. Oh. Um I told you uh for work, um, we did a Secret Santa and my brother yeah. got me. So my brother actually uh made my present. Okay. And you know, I have like movie posters in like my room and stuff like that. Yeah. He made me a Nightmare Before Christmas movie poster, but instead of it being like here's the poster just like reprinted. Yeah. He redesigned the Blink-182 California album artwork, you know, with the, oh, the guy yeah. in the car and it's Jack and Sally. Oh, that's really cool. It is really cool. That's and sweet. Like, yeah. Like, he should, he should submit that to hot topic. That would sell like fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say hot cakes, but I just said hot topic. And then I felt like it was weird. <laughs> like in my brain, I was like, ah, oh, sell to hot topic. It would sell like hot cakes. I was like, it's too much selling and hotting. <laughs> it's way too hot to sell. So you'll hot. burn yourself like a McDonald's coffee. Ooh, too hot. <laughs> Ooh, too hot to handle. But yeah, it was, it was really cool. That's I, awesome. Yeah. I opened it up and I was like, holy shit. I was like, this is fucking awesome. And then, right. And then, uh, like, my coworkers, like, what is it? And, like, I had to explain to him. I was like, it's, like, Never Before Christmas, which is my favorite movie. And then it's the album artwork from Blink-182's California. And they were kind of just like, I don't know. You're a dork. What, what any, of, any of those things are. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're speaking gibberish. Yeah. Dude, anytime I'm, like, especially in a work setting, like, when people ask me stuff about, like, myself or, like, oh, what kind of music you listen to, I just immediately deflate and go, like, there's no way like I can tell you, like I can't even cause like, I know how this conversation goes. You're going to ask like what I listen to. And then generally like the answer I give, like the most vague answer, I'm like mostly heavy stuff. Yeah. That's like all I say is like mostly heavy stuff. And if whatever they say after that, like if it's genreized, like, Oh, like metal and hardcore. So I'll just be like, yeah. <laughs> cause it's a lot easier. Cause like, I've got, I've done the thing before where I'm just like, Oh, this is like a lot of like pop punk and this and that. And they're like, Oh, like fucking whatever. Fallout Boy or and I'm like no, I don't fucking listen to Fallout Boy. My um my go to because I used to say pop punk all the time also and then, um it was usually something similar. Granted, I think I have I have more mainstream taste than you. Like yeah. Blink, Newfound Glory, like those, Taylor Swift. Those my favorite. Taylor Swift, she's she's up there. She's phenomenal. But uh, <laughs> but like my go to thing is when people ask me what music I listen to, I'm like I listen to music that was popular 15 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, oh okay, cool. Perfect. So Blink-182. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I listened to the bands I listened to in high school and plus three. <laughs> plus three other bands. <laughs> the music I listen to now, like I'm all over the place. Like I've, I do listen to a wide variety, but even like in that variety, I'm still listening to like these weird, like sub, sub genre bands that are like these, like still not indie rock, but like still like indie, like in terms of like being like independent, like kind of underground bands. Mm-hmm. Cause like I'll talk bands with randos 
And I could probably list a hundred bands without them knowing one of them. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm not trying to be a pretentious dude. I don't think it's a pretension thing. I'm just like, if you're not into that scene, then you're not going to have any idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. I start rambling off names, especially the bands I listen to. People are like, what have you been listening to a lot of lately? And I go, uh, drug church. <laughs> That's a real band. They're oh, fucking okay. awesome. <laughs> but it's like, you say that to some stranger yeah, they're basically stranger. They're like, what band have you been listening to the most lately? And I say drug church. They're going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it's actually funny because uh, for Christmas, my family was like, you know, what's something that we could get you? And then I was like, you can get me vinyls. Like, you know, I like yeah. my vinyls. And they're like, which ones did you want? So like, I like told them a bunch, but then I thought about it afterwards. And I was like, they are literally all albums that are like 15 years old. Yeah. Like, yeah, like none of them are recent. There was actually, I asked for movies on mine also because I was like, oh, some movies and I'm like, what, what's out? And I was like, there's not like a ton that I'm like, like I really want right now. But mm -hmm. I asked for Tenet. I was like, if there's one thing to like get me this year, just give me Tenet on 4K. I was like, yeah. I really just want to watch it. But the other things I was like, these are more pricey. I was like, but they have a eight movie box set for Harry Potter on 4K. That's, oh, nice. that's all the movies theatrical on 4K and then all the movies extended on 4K and Blu-ray. Wow. And I was like, I'd actually really like that. One, because I would like to watch the extended versions of those films because I've never done that. Yeah. So I wonder if there's just more stuff like the book. And then also, I have all the movies already and they take up a shitload of space on my like shelf. Like yeah. my shelf right now is full. I have the, the Blu-ray box set. Do you? Yeah. It's only about the width of like two regular Blu-ray cases. Yeah. So it's, it's really nice. So I was just like, if I can downsize a little bit. I can add more to the shelf. And then the other thing that came out, so exact same thing. Uh, they just remastered the Lord of the Rings trilogy on 4K. Ooh, nice. And it's it's all the movies theatrical and all the movies extended. I really want to get that because That'd be sweet. Lord of the Rings never went Blu-ray. I don't know if you knew that or not. Lord of the Rings, you can only get on DVD. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I have them in the other room. On Blu-ray? Yeah. I was under the impression that they never went Blu-ray because of the way they were filmed. Really? Now I got to check my... We'll, we'll, ch we'll check. Yeah, we'll look. But um, I'm going to write a note down so because I will forget by the time this episode okay. is done. But uh, just, just like a fun fact, the technology behind 4K and the technology behind just regular Blu-ray is different. Mm -hmm. So 4K, they actually alter the way the picture looks. So there's a lot of Blu-ray remasters that look like trash. Like uh, Predator yeah. on Blu-ray is awful. Oh, really? You're, you're better off watching it on DVD. But that's why like 4K is like such a big deal because it just like it takes the original look to it and just enhances a lot of the the definition on it. Whereas like Blu-ray tries to get the graininess out by smoothing things, so it like oh, everything looks weak. like yeah, like looks like plasticky kind of. Yeah. Like turn like Predator looks really like fake looking on Blu-ray. But that's why I was like, you know, Lord of the Rings would be awesome on, on 4k. I know yeah, I only that. have it on DVD right now. So I asked for that also. Whack. I, I, <clears throat> I really feel like I already have the Blu-rays of it. I, I might you, be wrong. No, I, no, I might remember. be wrong too. I, I just remember reading a thing basically saying, imagine we're both wrong. I don't have it on Blu-ray, but they do make it on Blu-ray. Like, <laughs> that is yeah. a possibility. <laughs> Actually, that's a very real possibility. Yeah. I have no idea what's in this house right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just like full snakes in the other room. It's like they keep thinking about. I uh, just watched Prisoners, so. <laughs> oh, man. Spoiler, I guess. Yeah. Not but, really. They don't know in what context. Yeah. Everybody should watch Prisoners, by the way. It's fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. I've been in such like a mood uh, to watch um, to watch Blade Runner. Yeah. And I, I think I mentioned this a couple episodes when I got back from my vacation 
I we watched like a ton of movies I and mean, I watched Run and stuff. I told you about that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But one of the movies that I was like dying to watch the entire time we were gone was was Blade Runner 2049. I was cuz Brianna hasn't seen it yet and she wants to watch it. And there was one night where I was like, maybe I'll put this on and then I was like uh I don't think her parents are going to like it and it's 2 hours and 40 minutes long and yeah. like like I, that's a movie that I only really want to show to people that I know are going to like it because if they waste 2 hours and 40 minutes late, like of their life they're going to be pissed. Right. Which I don't think it's wasting it, but if they feel that way, they're going to be annoyed about it. And then I'm going to be annoyed that they are even annoyed about watching that movie. Right. And you're <laughs> not going to respect them as humans. <laughs> yeah, so. I get it. I totally understand that. So I'm just like, I'm just going to watch it. But that's probably like one of the first things I'm going to watch when I get back home yeah. and stuff like that. I am kind of hesitant to. All right. So right now I'm working my way through a hunky boy marathon. Mm-hmm. So the hunky boys on the list are Jake Gyllenhaal. Ryan Gosling, Robert Pattinson, Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm -hmm. Four of my favorite actors. They just happen to be handsome men. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it was brought to my attention that some of my favorite movies and some of the people who I talk about the most are also like gorgeous dudes that like girls cream over. Mm -hmm. So be it. It's, it just it's Hollywood. They're all like that. That's not, well, not necessarily. You know, fucking Gerard Butler still gets work. Gerard Butler used to be like that. He's in PS I Love You. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, my God. I watched this fucking Gerard Butler, Catherine Heigl movie the other day. I didn't get to see all of it. I watched, like, the back half of it. I don't remember what it was called. 301. Like, oh, The Ugly Truth. Oh, okay. It's a rom-com. Yeah. I was so angry. <laughs> I mean, I was having a good time because I was drunk. Yeah. And I was like laughing openly at it in a room full of people who were trying to just watch the movie and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I was doing, I was doing my best to not comment on it, but I was being fed whiskey <laughs> and whiskey sky speaks his mind. Yeah. So like I'm, I, anytime I'm watching a movie with people and it's a movie I don't enjoy, I keep it to myself because yeah. I don't want to ruin the experience for other people. Mm-hmm. But we're watching this movie and everybody's like into it. And then like something happens and I'm just like hiding in my shirt, like just <laughs> laughing, like going like trying not to laugh, which <laughs> yeah. is worse because you could just hear me and see me being like, <laughs> <laughs> Like squinting and I'm getting punched in the arm. It's just like, stop. <laughs> yeah. But um, I was just, I was just laughing and they're just like, come on. Like, it's not that bad. I'm just like, no, it's not. It's not. And then when the movie was over, I turned and I went, that's the worst movie I've seen in like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that movie is horrible. <laughs> but, I've, you know, it's been about Gerard Butler. Can't confirm. Mm-hmm. I've heard Greenland is decent. Really? Yeah. Oh, we should check it out. Can't confirm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and watch it. There's a couple movies that are like out right now that I'm like, I might check that out. Also, like, maybe this is in a review. We haven't talked about it. M- Mank came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Like, what is that? David Fincher? <laughs> yeah, what is that? How did that just show up and how is there nothing? Uh, yeah, I didn't even see a trailer for it, but it's like, uh, you know, Gary Oldman. It's about um, the guy who wrote um, Citizen Kane. <laughs> David yeah. Fincher directed it. I'm like... Isn't the Netflix movie, right? It's on Netflix right now, yeah. That could be one of the ones they had in the chamber for Oscar contention. I mean, I don't know because I, I literally just saw it and saw the people attached and I was like, what the fuck? Like, how did this just come out of nowhere? Yeah. Chadwick Boseman's last film came out. Yep. And that's getting a lot of talk. Like, 
There's a bunch of movies that just came out, but uh, that might be the be. Honestly, maybe we should wait because we already have like a few episodes figured out for January. I wonder what they're gonna do with the Oscars. Mm-hmm. But usually they would start announcing who's gonna be nominated, and then we can start figuring out like if there's movies that we didn't see that we see. should go see. Yeah, and then we see them and do an episode, kind of like we did Little Women a little bit late on its release. Yeah, but we wanted to make sure we had at least an episode for everything that was nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when it gets nominated, they're all released in theaters again. Yeah, I feel like we should do that for the show. So if a movie is nominated but we haven't seen it we should see it even if it's bitten out for like two months yeah we should see it do an episode just because it's for contention yeah i guess full disclosure uh january and february i think is going to be a lot of like catch up yeah i think just because we've got our schedule basically booked out through like january and some of them are movies that are coming out this month because we've got you know we're doing this movie uh, we've got still got a bracket. Wonder Woman's coming out. Soul's coming out. Like we're probably gonna do some movies. Like maybe Mank. Like there's gonna be yeah. a lot of 2020 movies that we do probably even into like January, early February. That's kind of that's what we did last year too. I I consider our season doesn't start again until after the duties, which is mid February. Yeah, I think. Or yeah, it's I like agree. Either week one or week two of February. Mm-hmm. So. Because, I mean, that's just that's just how it is. You get the overflow, and, like, like we have Soul and Wonder Woman come out on the same day. Obviously, we're not going to release two episodes on the same day mm-hmm. or in the same week because this ain't the fucking summer cram. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, like, so one movie's going to, one episode's going to come out maybe a week after the movie came out while the other one comes out two weeks after the movie or maybe three weeks or, you know, yeah, it's we'll going to be... Uh, it's going to be all contingent on like all these different movies and like what these studios are deciding to do. Yeah. But speaking of wonder woman, because mm-hmm. we wanted to talk about the HBO stuff, HBO has been catching like a lot of heat. Yeah. For, for their decision to drop their movies simultaneously in theaters and on streaming. I'm for it. Actually, I'm going to see wonder woman with my buddy, Tom, our f- friend of the show, Tom, mm-hmm. friend of friend of my life too. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're planning on going on Christmas day, like when it comes out. Cause traditionally Tom and I, like when he was still living here, we would go to the movies every, every year for Christmas. Actually, I think it worked out. Like we saw like, maybe I'll ask him. He might remember better than I, I feel like we saw every Hobbit movie. Cause like they were released like one year after the other, there's mm-hmm. only a year apart and they were all released either on Christmas or around Christmas. Yeah. So just like three years in a row, we just saw like each Hobbit movie. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we only did it for like the last two. I don't remember. But generally, we tr- we would try to like once we were done with the family stuff, go to the movies. So we're doing that this year for Wonder Woman. Cool. But yeah, man, a lot of directors are coming out swinging. Yeah. So uh, there's multiple angles to to come at this. I will. I'll start with this though. Like it's kind of a dick move. Yeah. <laughs> so by HBO, you mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, really, it's um. It's uh, it's Warner Brothers, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Or um, and I'm trying to remember who owns Warner Brothers because it's really, I think the company it's like AT and T or something. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's yeah. that's who it is. But um, you know, it's it's really the people who are above everyone else who are getting annoyed about money, who are making decisions that are going to hurt everyone else solely for themselves. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the whole thing. One hundred percent, what it is. And uh, it's greed. It's yeah. corporate greed. And like, just like another tie to this, like it's it's AT and T down to Warner Brothers down to HBO. CD Projekt Red, who owns Cyberpunk, they released the game before it was ready, owned by Warner Brothers. Really? Yeah. 
Warner Brothers is the worst. <clears throat> yeah. Because they also have a history of sticking their hands in the pot and fucking up the entire DCEU. Mm-hmm. Cause like, that's like the biggest thing. Like, especially like directors when they go in and work for them or either if they come out the other side or whatever, they're just like, well, I wanted to make this movie. And then, and then WB came in and they were just like, change this, change this, take this out. We need you to put this, this, and this in because we're going to sell merchandise off of that. Yeah. Toys. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, well, or whoever is just like, well, that's not the movie I want to make. They're yeah. like, well, we didn't hire you to make your movie. We hired you to make our movie. Mm-hmm. But that's which is the exact opposite of what the MCU does now. The MCU was kind of doing that early on because they were kind of finding their footing. Yeah. Uh, so like there was like a little bit more direction from up top, but then I feel like James Gunn kind of blew the doors open and they were just like, you know what? Give the directors the, vi- like they have the vision, let them take the reins on it. Mm-hmm. We'll oversee, make sure it all connects, but it's their, it's their fucking show. Mm-hmm. Cause we see that too with like Taika Waititi and stuff, but yeah. like, I don't see any of that happening in, in, DC right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel the only director who has a voice in DC is Zack Snyder. And I fucking hate his voice. Yeah. His voice. I'm I, like, I, his, his aesthetic, like his movies, like I, I fucking hate the way they look and I fucking hate the way that he tells stories. I just think he's not good. I don't think he's good. No, he's, he's all style over substance. Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah, they're releasing all of their 2021 movies you know, Warner Brother 2021 movies on HBO Max mm-hmm. the day it comes out in theaters. So it's getting a theatrical and a, you know, HBO Max release. There's a lot of big movies, but obviously the big one is Dune. And I mean, yeah. if you listen to the show, you know that we've been blowing our load over over Dune. And I said, there's a few angles you can come out, but I'm just going to say this. I feel really bad for Denis Villeneuve on this. Me too. Because, I mean, one, he already has the reputation industry wide that his movies do not do well financially. Like right. his movies are excellent, like critically, like you know, arri- arrival nominated for you know multiple Academy Awards and stuff like that. But financially, it's a thing where I think he might. I don't know if he has trouble getting funding or not, but it is a thing where like, I think he really wanted to fucking blow the box office open with Dune because he's got this rep a little bit. And now he's saying like, yeah, like obviously the box office is going to be hurt because a lot of people are just going to go see it. Like, you know, also just in general, if you were going to do this fucking release it this year. Yeah. Like they they pushed it anyway. They pushed it back an, an entire calendar year to just release it on streaming. Right fucking stupid hopefully at that point maybe they can release it just in theaters like maybe it's not set in stone that they have to release it on there there's so many like caveats to this whole deal that like i think the biggest thing that like the people in the film industry are having an issue with warner brothers and at&t and all this is that not like people weren't notified like people like the company went public with this before they even talked to a lot of these people and then they have to hear the news from the news and be like wait what because my contract i'm getting paid on the back end and you're literally taking away the back end for me so that you can drive revenue through your streaming service yeah which means you are taking money out of my pocket to line your own Mm -hmm. which that that should be a breach of contract. Yeah, I mean there already are lawsuits from this. Yeah, I saw. But yeah, like 
people either found out from the news or they found out like when they actually told some people it was actually 30 minutes before they dropped the news. They were right. just like, Hey, this is happening. Yeah. Like, so like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who are going to get fucked out of like money because of that. And I mean, yeah, they're, they're celebrities already rich and stuff like that, but like still like super scummy, like, and it's the people who don't really have respect for the art form that are making the decisions, which is, which is the most annoying thing. Yeah. The scariest thing I saw was when Denis Villeneuve said, like, I fear that this decision just killed the Dune franchise. Like this killed the possibility of a sequel because this, there's no way this movie will be a financial success now. And then the studio will see that and not green light us for the second film. Yeah. Which means we're going to get a half finished Dune movie. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I felt like I didn't disagree with his statements. I felt like some of the wording was a little dramatic, but I can definitely see where he's coming from. And just in general, even if he does make both his films and let's just say they are fucking awesome. If they have it set up this way, they're still not going to make a ton of money, and that will still hurt the chances of them doing anything Dune-related, like a TV right. show or another movie down the line or something like that. Because there's there's more source material that they can pull from than just this book that they're doing. Right. Like, so, I mean, yeah, it's going to have a ripple effect for for years to come if, if that's what, what happens. But Matrix 4 is one of these movies, like Suicide Squad, like there's DC movies, Congress, Godzilla. I'm okay with the DC movies being released this way just because they don't they don't have the hit record that the the, really the suicide about. squad I want to see in theaters though. Well that's the I mean they did say it will be released both ways. Yeah. So like I'm cool with that. Like for me, I'm gonna watch these movies on the screen. Yeah. I'm not watching them from home, at least not the first time. Mm-hmm. But like if I like if I went to see Dune, I'm gonna oh, see it no in, way. I'm seeing yeah. Dune in theaters even if it was streaming and I saw Dune in theaters again, I would just go to, I would just go to yeah, the theater see, again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even watch it at my house until it's not in theaters. I would support it in theaters a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Even if I can't go to the screening, like I'll just, I'll, cause I got the A list. I'll just three tickets a week on Dune just <laughs> yeah. so it's a financial success. Now I, I wanted to bring this up. This is like kind of like the cave, like caveat to everything. That being said, I feel like a lot of this reasoning that people have been saying is a little hopeful Mm -hmm. and probably won't happen. But the whole thing is like theaters don't make a lot of money on ticket sales to begin with. They make all their money on their concessions. And the reason being they don't make their money on ticket sales is because the studios charge theaters a premium to get their film. Right. So, what people are hoping is that if the future of the movie industry is a simultaneous streaming theatrical release, that studios will lessen or remove their premiums, in which case theaters can make more money per ticket, which in which case it won't completely kill the movie theaters. Right. Cause that's like a big thing is like, they make like, I think it's either a dollar or less than a dollar the movie theater actually gets on each ticket. Yeah. Which is why the concessions are so expensive is Mm -hmm. because that's the only place they make any real money. Yeah. So they have to sell you an $8 popcorn or $10 popcorn or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, that's at least that's like a good thing to do. Like that's smart. That's all. um, That's all all like they're posturizing that they're whatever, you know, like that's all they're, there's no confirmation that that's even going to happen. Right. And considering it's like, it's like the idea of just like right now it's like, and, and not to bring it back to the subject, but it is like the world we live in right now. It's like everyone's fighting over the stimulus check thing. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, why are you guys arguing about possibly giving us 2% of our money back when you're still taking 20% of our money, even though we're making less money now because we're in a pandemic? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, so you'll tax us and you'll take a quarter of my paycheck, but you can't give us, you can't even agree to give us $600. Yeah. (laughs) So Uh, the 1200 lasted us nine months. Mm Mm-hmm. Nine months to last you two hundred or $1,200. So, like, it's the same thing. It's just, like, it's all theoretical. It's like, yeah, theoretically, like, that would be awesome. Like, how sweet, how much easier would it be, like, hey, instead of us giving you a stimulus check, no income tax. Mm-hmm. Federally, no income tax. Nationwide, no state, no federal income tax. Nothing. Keep 100% of your paycheck during the pandemic. You don't owe it back to us at the end of the year either. It's just like instead of us, instead of us cutting a check and making a like this whole thing, just keep the money you're earning. Yeah. Don't pay taxes. I mean, you that way they don't have to spend money to send us. They're just not taking money from us. But that's not the idea. They'd rather send us two thousand dollars because they know, well, we can send them two thousand dollars a month. Because or or two thousand dollars for the next nine months, months. <laughs> because we take more than that. Yeah, fucking scumbags. Yeah, but that's what I was saying. Like that is potentially a pro to all this, but it's not even something that it's like it's not confirmed. It's just something that people are like, well, maybe this will happen. So you, it's kind of hard to really say if that happens. But I guess if that were to happen, that would be a good thing because the other backlash of the whole streaming services, people are worried about the, you know, the survivability of theaters. Yeah. So, but the other thing that I wanted to mention just about this, and it could be a pro, this isn't, there's no way of quantifying this uh, at all, but I was just thinking about me and you, the, the people (laughs) who drive us fucking crazy when you go to the movies are the people who don't really like respect the movies. Yeah. Those are most likely though, the people who will watch it at home. Yeah. So yeah, I wonder, that's true. So I wonder if the actual theater experience, if theaters survive and all that, would actually weed out a lot of the scumbags that would piss us off when we went to the movie theaters. God, I hope so. I don't know, because <laughs> I could imagine, like, the old ladies who go, they might still go as, like, if it's... Well, they can't learn how to use a streaming service. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's 100% what it is. No, but, like, I feel like if it's part of, like, people's ritual... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something like part of their old form of normalcy, then it might be, uh, they might still show up Mm -hmm. because I think some people like going to the movies, but not because they're like cinephiles or just because it's like, Oh, it's just like what we do. It's like a thing to like get out of the house. Like they don't, they go out and they enjoy every single movie they watch because they're just, they're just like, Oh, it's just like a nice thing to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause like mm-hmm. I've, I've definitely seen that. Yeah. But um, I do like, I do enjoy your wishful thinking. I know. Yeah. The, the news came out, like all their movies are going to streaming. And then my initial reaction was like, Holy shit, really? And then I thought like about it. I'm like, there's some movies that I definitely need to see in theaters. Like, I guess it's kind of cool. But then I thought about it more and I was like, actually like, there are way more huge negatives to it than positives, at least in my yeah. eyes. So yeah, no, I agree, man. And I, I give Disney like a huge, like pat on the back. Cause they did their, like we talked about, they did their whole, um, like Marvel and star Wars, like showcase for Disney plus and stuff. And they, 
they said that they're not releasing their movies on like they're like all these movies like the theatrical movies will be in theaters right so i was just like oh well, good for you that being said kevin feige said something weird the other day did you see that no, what he what he, he said, said. He said his actual quote, like direct quote, was the future of the MCU is on streaming. Don't no wait. He well, he was talking about like with the shows. And is it stuff. just the shows? Yeah, because he did say something about the movie specifically. Because I remember when he did it, I was just like, "Fuck yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, man!" Because he he said um, he did say something about that, but then he said. Um, I think when he was addressing Black Widow or something or Black Widow Eternals and when he was talking about the movies and he's just like, he's like, he made it a point to note. He's like, and we can't wait to bring Black Widow to theaters, Mm -hmm. but he made it a point to only say like, I think he actually did specifically say like, we do not like this, these movies deserve to be seen on screen okay. on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Like he made it a point to be like, we're not streaming these fucking movies. Okay. Which well, means that it's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> because that's what happens. Especially because it's like, okay, yeah, you're Kevin Feige, but like that fucking mouse that runs the house. Yeah. He's gonna, they're going to be the ones who come down and be like, we're, st- we're just sitting on wasted money right now. Just put it on our streaming service and we'll make bank. Yeah. Cause right now it's just the Mandalorian app. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll get off this in a second. Just talking about Disney Plus. Um, they said during their Star Wars showcase that the next theatrical Star Wars movie is being uh written and directed right now by Taika. Nice. Yeah, right. He's on he's got his hands on fucking everything. Like how many jobs can he take? Because he's he's doing Thor, he's doing Akira, yeah, he's doing Star Wars now. Like, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, more power to him. I want <laughs> I just hope he's not stretched like too, too thin. thin. Yeah. Not, not because I feel like his work will falter in that way, but just in the sense that like, I just, I want him to be able to be like fully dedicated to whatever he's doing mm-hmm. so that, so that it's not like we talked about in the last episode, like it's Tim Burton's nightmare before. I don't want Taika Waititi's Akira, but then you find out it's like, well, he wasn't really like on set most of the time. Cause he was working on Thor and this other thing. Yeah. Blah, Michael blah. Bay actually directed it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Michael Bay's Akira. Michael Bay <laughs> no, taking you. anything that is rooted in another culture's like zeitgeist is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. It's like, let's take this one guy who's like notorious for just, slamming copious amounts of racist jokes into his movies. Oh my God. <laughs> Using women as objects in them. <laughs> fucking, yeah. Slime. Yeah. But, actually, I mean, Transformers, I lit- I rewatched Bumblebee for the first time since we were we watched it in theaters like yeah. a week ago. Still liked it? Yeah, I had fun with watching it. I kind of want to watch it just for the, um, just for the John Cena bit, like when he's talking to them at the table. Mm-hmm. As I remember, I was like, that was funny. Yeah. I recently met a person who genuinely believes that the Transformer movies keep getting better. Huh? Yeah. Like they age better with time? No, as in like the first one came out and it was awesome. Then the second one came out and it was even better. And then the third one came out and it fucking blew them away. Who was and then the th- fourth one came you out. You don't have to tell me their name, but was, was it, a, was it a, a date? It wasn't a date of mine. It was a date's roommate. It's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I know. 
I know. See, I always hear your stories, like when you're like meeting, like whether it's Brianna's friends or coworkers, and then they <laughs> have friends, like friends of friends, and like yeah. that's, it's a, it's that it's like a friend of a friend type thing, and then it's like you you'll be like, oh my god, I I, I talked to this guy at a party who's just like whatever, or like you told me recently, like somebody was like. Oh, uh, fucking Jared Leto had the best Joker because he was so hot. Yeah. And I'm just like, where do you find these people? I found these people. <laughs> Somebody like, cause they were like, cause we were talking movies and they're like, oh, the Transformer movies, like some of my favorite movies. And I'm like, even like the more recent ones, <laughs> they love, they love the, like the Mark Wahlberg one. Oh my God. And I wanted to show them the video that you cut together. <laughs> yeah. Cause like they said that and I was like, really? Like, do you like the, the Transformer movies? I was like. No, <laughs> normally I lie. I hide it, yeah. but I was just like, no, I'm like, I think it's like one of the worst movie franchises to, to ever be on this planet. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're like, really? No way. And they're like, why? They're like, they're so fun. And they're like, so crazy. Like, I think it's like, what we're, like what we talk, talk about sometimes where it's like some people just want to turn their mind off and just watch like senseless nonsense, like a- action. It's just like the movie is it doesn't need to have any sort of depth. It's literally just like a distraction, like flashing lights and colors and stuff. Yeah. And there is value to that. If that's how you want to watch a movie, like more power to you. You're just a fucking idiot. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like I, I prefer cinema. Mm -hmm. You just want to watch a fucking movie. You want, you want to, you want to be on a theme park ride. Yeah, I'm gonna be on. Listen, Scorsese. <laughs> I was gonna say Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah. but uh, yeah, that's rough. I mean, I don't even, I don't under even understand that. That second movie is so brutal. That second movie is so brutal, and then Age of Extinction is fucking. It's a crime. <laughs> it's it's a crime of humanity. Mark Wahlberg uh, literally says, "My face is my warrant." Yeah. Oh, we know. Perfect. No, he doesn't say that. An army guy says that. He's like, "My face is my warrant." Um, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Breaks a beer bottle over a car door that's flaming and drinks it and chugs it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this your car? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But, well, yeah. fucking tool. Um, no trailer park today. Uh, we wanted, we figured we'd go pretty long on the HBO stuff and all that. So, yeah. we're probably just going to get into the review in, in a second, but... Is there anything else in the world of some... Oh, one last thing. wanted to mention this. Okay. Question for you, because it goes back to Dune. I want to bring this up when we're talking about Dune. Dune's PG-13. I'm fine with that. Okay, I wanted to ask you about that. Does that sound like a studio thing? Or, or do you think that was the vision? Because Denis Villeneuve has only made rated R movies, some of which are very violent. Really? Is a rival rated R? Rivals, um, rival is... Can't th- I can't imagine what would make that movie rated R. I mean, there was that one scene when the aliens showed their tits, but... <laughs> the, if there if arrival is rated r it's because it is because of language there's a lot of language in that movie but i don't <laughs> i get it yeah yeah that's that a really good joke fuck you <laughs> pg-13 it's pg-13 okay i was gonna say that that might not be but enemy is definitely rated r yeah oh yeah prisoners 100 hard is r hard S- fucking r sicario is a hard r blade runner is rated r yeah like you know He's he's done for the most part only rated R movies. And then I'm talking about how Denny Villeneuve's movies typically aren't like financial successes. Warner Brothers has been known to put like, no, this movie needs to be PG-13. This movie needs to be X long. Like, right. do you think that, it, I don't know. I got worried when I saw it because I was just like, 
maybe the source material doesn't really call for it to be rated R because there's probably no cursing in it. But I'm assuming there's violence, but a lot of the violence, they're wearing shields. So it's like maybe that you can get around. But for me, it, it felt almost like Warner Brothers was like, hey, this needs to make money. We have to get teenagers in the seats. It has to be PG-13. It worried it, me when it I definitely, saw it PG-13. It opens it up to a broader audience. But thinking about Dune as like a story and what it, what's going on in it, I don't see why it would need to be rated R necessarily. I'm I'm just saying like rate... If it's going to be rated R, it's going to be rated R like because maybe there's like some nudity or there are, there are violent parts that like require it. True, but W like Warner Brothers has been more adventurous with their R rating. Look at Joker, look at Birds of Prey, like Yeah, true. I'm pretty sure the the Suicide Squad movie is going to be rated R. Mhm. So I don't see them necessarily I think if it's PG-13, it's because the movie that he wanted to make just happened to be PG 13. Okay. Cause he like, he just didn't need all of that. Yeah. Other, that's like, that's what I'm hoping. It's really the only thing that would push it to an R is if there's nudity, the language, but I would also not like it if I walked into Dune and they were speaking like the fuck is this shit? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't think, what I the think fuck the, you doing fuck boy. <laughs> yeah. I think oh, I would like that actually. <laughs> no, I think the language needs to be elevated for that movie. So yeah. I don't, I wouldn't have liked it if they were just dropping like F bombs just frivolously for like no fucking reason. Like I do, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But considering like what we were talking about where Daniel New traditionally doesn't have like huge financial successes with his movies, the fact that Warner Brothers is still letting him do such a what's the word I'm looking big for? Big property. Yeah, such a big property, but such a um Kind of like an extravagant... I was going to say high-budget commitment because I think it costs like $300 million to make Dune. Yeah, so like I feel like if they're going to do that and put that much faith in him, like I feel like he's he's being allowed to do... Also, Warner Brothers, like Tenet, like look at at Christopher Nolan's catalog. Like Mm -hmm. I think they are adventurous with the properties that they that they work on and they obviously must be letting these directors kind of do their own thing because like, I feel like any other studio, if you got a script or something like, like inception across your desk, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like heady nonsense. This like (laughs) overburdened, like gibberish basically. But Warner brothers is just like, we trust you. So I feel like if anybody is going to kind of like ease off the gas, I think the only thing that they really have their hands in, getting dirty and fucking shit up or at least the thing they do it the most with is DC EU because they're trying too hard to compete with Marvel when they really should just be trying to compete with themselves and better themselves. Mm -hmm. They're trying to make movies better than whatever the most recent Marvel movie is when they should be trying to make movies better than whatever they did last. Yeah. And that's where they kept failing is because uh, Warner Brothers wanted that merchandise that Marvel pushes. They wanted the money that Marvel's raking in, so they finger-fucked it too much. <laughs> Whereas these other movies, these heady sci-fi movies, they're like, we don't know anything about this. Have at it. Yeah. All right. You actually made me feel a little bit better because I got worried about it. Good. I'm glad I can console you. Yeah, you you, you put me to bed tonight. <laughs> I'll put you to bed tonight. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, but we ain't sleeping. <laughs> All right. You ready for this? 
Y'all ready for this? Don't even know if we mentioned the movie we're doing today. I think I did. Did you? Yeah. It's the fat man. I was doing that while we were watching the movie. I'm like, I'm the fat man. They said the name of the movie like three times in this movie. I know. But yeah, we're talking fat man. You know, we weren't, I don't think this is something we were planning on doing. You watched it. I'm assuming because someone else rented it. So I had heard about the movie and then I was like, I was like, oh man, I got to see that because it sounds ridiculous. And uh, I've been I've been hanging out with, with an awesome group of folk, and we've been watching like all these Christmas movies. So I had mentioned that the Fat Man was a thing, and then it, w- it was basically decided like, oh, we got to watch this. So I was like, if you guys are gonna watch it, you have to watch it with me. And then we were about to watch the movie, and um, I was my balls were being busted. Okay. By, by a fella, and he was just like, like we were all getting situated to sit down to watch it, and he's just like, he's like, oh, you're gonna take notes for your fucking podcast, you dork. And I was like, oh my god, that's such a good idea. Why didn't I think of that? We should do an episode for that, man. I'm <laughs> like, like, let me go get my notebook. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my god, that's actually a great idea. I'm like, I know you were making fun of me, but you le- you legitimately like can get a producer credit now. <laughs> they produced this episode because like I totally spit like. It's such a good episode to do for December. Like, look at this month and how many non-holiday related movies we reviewed. Mm-hmm. And there's one sitting in our fucking lap that we just totally blanked on. Blanked on. <laughs> and now it's coming out after Christmas. But, yeah. But I was then I texted you. I'm like, hey, we should do Fat Man. Yeah. Funny thing. And you were like, okay. And I was like, perfect, because I'm watching it literally right now. <laughs> I was gonna say, funny thing about our exchange. Uh, you had uh, texted me uh, like, hey. We should do like an episode on Fat Man at Brianna's sister's wedding, and, and <laughs> but it was like after like we were like getting ready to leave. Yeah. But like so, about ten minutes before you texted me, I rolled my ankles really bad and I thought I broke it. Oh nice. So I was like sitting off on the sidelines in like tons of pain, and then you're just like, "Hey man, we should watch Fat Man. I'm watching right now. It's fucking awesome." I'm just <laughs> and I'm just like, "Yeah, sure, we can do that." And then really in my head, I'm just like, "My fucking." Foot. Yeah, I'm dying. I don't give a fuck about Fat Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, sure. Just leave me alone. I'm dying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I um I watched this. I watched this yesterday, actually. I started it a few days ago and then I had to shut it off and I just restarted the whole thing and watched it. But I watched it with uh my brother and his fiance, actually. So nice. Um but yeah, Fat Man directed and written by Eshlam Nelms and Ian Nelms. They usually do everything together, so um, their previous work was Waffle Street, Lost on Purpose, um, Small Town Crime, and cast, pretty small cast. I mean, yeah. no no denying, this is a small, small scale movie. It's a lower budget film. Yeah, real low um, budget. It's uh, Sabin Films, right? Or Sabin yeah, Films or whatever, mm-hmm. who did like, uh, they just did Jay and Silent Bob reboot last year. Mm-hmm. They've been doing like a lot of like pretty edgy stuff, especially coming from like Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like how they started. Mm-hmm. And then now look at like the movies they do and they're like really gritty. Yeah. Smaller cast on it. Mel Gibson. He's your main character. He plays Chris Kringle, AKA Santa. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I know we're, we're barely into it, but I'm already going to give my first positive mm-hmm. because I'm watching the movie and like, I know it's a, he, he's Santa. Mm-hmm. I know this. Yeah. And then, like, as I'm watching it, like, they called him Chris once, and I was just like, hmm. And they said, Mr. Kringle, and I went, 
oh my God, he's Chris Kringle. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I'm like, it's the smallest, it's the dumbest little detail. I'm glad that he wasn't just called Santa Claus. Yeah. Like, he has like a real human person name, mm-hmm. Chris. Yeah. Christopher Kringle. Mm-hmm. He calls himself Santa at one point. Like they do say Santa, yeah. but uh, here, we'll get to it. Cause that's probably like, gonna be like the first thing I hit on in the movie. Okay. Walter Goggins though. He is the skinny man. He's the hitman in the movie. He's having a, uh, what again, I'm going to stop you. Another okay. positive. We we're watching the movie and we had to pause it at one point. We were watching it, I think on rented it from Amazon. So when you watch on Amazon, when you pause the movie, like a little info bar will pop up underneath it. Yeah. So it had like all the pictures of the actors mm-hmm. and I didn't know the character's name. Yeah. But it popped up and it's like Walton Goggins, skinny man. And yeah. I was like, I, that's a fucking, that's amazing. <laughs> I fucking love, that's better than the protagonist. Oh yeah. Tenet. Skinny man. Skinny man. I'm like, oh my God, he's playing me. It makes, <laughs> it makes I'm sense though man. that he wouldn't have a name considering yeah, he said, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's blown up a lot from Justified, which is a TV show, but he's in The Hateful Eight, Predators, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, he's in. So uh, Marianne Jean-Baptiste, she plays Ruth, Miss, Mrs. Claus. Uh, she's an Edge of Tomorrow RoboCop. And then Chance Hurstfield, he plays Billy. He was in Good Boys last year. He is basically your scumbag 12-year-old <laughs> in this film. Yeah, I, re- I recognized him and got super excited. I actually didn't recognize him until like way late in the film. So I was just like, oh, there's just a... It did take me a minute. That did, did it? Like, when I saw him, I was like, oh, I know him from something. What is it? What is it? What is it? And then it, like, clicked. I was like, oh, good boys. He was he was the dick in that. Yeah. We'll start here. My favorite thing about the entire movie is... I don't know if, I, if it's called world building in this sense, but I love the way that they spun the Santa character. Mm-hmm. Because I can't think of another instance in which it's been done this way. Yeah. Yeah, like didn't you uh, dude, think it was really cool? Yeah, it's one. Okay. It's one of my one of my notes. I was just like, yeah, I really appreciated the the explanation of like the elves' lives, and then like Santa, and then like how certain aspects of like him are vague. Just like the way information about like how the whole thing works with him. Yeah, like the way it's revealed like throughout the movie. I was like, this is cool. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm into that. There's. I think a thing that it happens in a lot of holiday movies with Santa in general, and like you could pick it apart with most of them is like, you're like, uh, okay, but like, like in the Santa Claus or whatever, they're like, how do all these people not think that Santa's real when the presents show up and the parents are like, how did these presents get here? Right. Like how, like how does that, but in this, everyone knows Santa's real. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing in the beginning of the movie. Like, uh, gifts that have come from Santa's workshop are like worth more money. Right. Be- and, uh, you and they know, have like the little emblem on the bottom yeah. and everything. I thought that was really cool too. Yeah. And like, basically like Santa is like in some ways kind of like impl- he's employed by the government because his holiday, <laughs> I love his, that too. His holiday <laughs> is a huge stimulus for the United States or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, like it stimulates the econ- like the world economy, like yeah. the global economy, like around Christmas. Like it's, yeah, dude, I <laughs> government agent shot. Okay, okay, I'm going to reel it back. Let me reel it back. Something that needs to be understood about this movie, you listeners, because obviously you understand because you watched it, this movie is not to be taken seriously. And I think, like, it's played seriously. Like, I don't think anything in it, like, nothing in it is, like, slapsticky or, like, like silly like that. Like, 
it's played seriously, but it, like it's obviously like they're like we're gonna make the most ridiculous Christmas movie. Like it's gonna be fucking bloody. It's gonna be just it's it's like I don't want to say it's stupid, but like it's nuts. Like right, like it's fucking insane. The the concept is. I think the concept behind the movie is really funny. I will yeah. say this, like I didn't actually really appreciate how serious it was. Yeah. Because we mentioned butt boy all the time, Butt boy is played serious for the laughs, mm-hmm. but like, I think it's played so seriously that it's hilarious. Right. I felt like the way that this movie is played, it's played seriously, but it's not, they didn't take it that level further where I would have been like dying. Right. Like I felt like they, this movie felt and I'll, I'll tell you right now, like, well, for, it has for, moments where they, they are clearly going for a punchline. Yeah. How did you find this movie really funny? Not like hysterical. I did have a couple of moments where I was just like, oh, well, wow, like that actually like really got me. Okay. Cause for me, like, and I'll just say this right now. Cause it sounds like I'm about to like just shit all over the movie. I was I was pretty entertained by this movie. Like the movie yeah. surprised me because I wasn't really expecting a movie called Fat Man with Mel Gibson to be very good. Right. And then I was I was surprised by it in some ways, but I was Butt Boy and Fat Man. Fat Man. <laughs> I had I had heard though that it was a an adult comedy, adult action comedy for the holidays. Like that's right. like what I had heard. And I left being like I don't I know it's supposed to be an adult comedy but I didn't really laugh at all. Like it didn't right. really like do that for me. The things that I really appreciated were like the originality behind the world building. And then, I mean, there's a few other things in it, um, but like really like for comedy, it didn't make me laugh at all. At all. No. You, my biggest laugh. I don't, it's not really like a spoiler. I guess I'm spoiling a part of the movie, like a bit in the movie that might make somebody laugh. So I guess like skip ahead like 30 seconds, but like, the scene like after the the dick kid loses the science fair thing yeah and they when they cut to and they they move the camera and they show that little girl tied to the chair with the car battery like they're going to torture this little girl yeah i started dying really just just the the imagery of like this little girl tied to a chair in in this cd setting of mm-hmm. like oh they're going to like torture with a car battery like it's in like a mob movie or something yeah and i was like that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> just like that, that juxtaposition of like her in that setting. So, yeah. But she also wasn't like crying like, Oh no, please don't. Like she was just like, like she was scared, but she was like quiet. Like she mm-hmm. was, it was almost like it should have been with like two like older, like grizzled men. <laughs> yeah. But it's this little kid. And then this little girl tied to it. I was like, yeah, that, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> The I like the ridiculousness of some of the things. Like the if you look on you know IMDb, the synopsis of this movie almost verbatim is like uh Chris Kringle's business is failing, so he needs to in like enlist like get help from the military of the United States. Meanwhile, a twelve year old boy hires an assassin to kill Santa because he lost his like science fair project. Yeah. Like, so I was just like, when I read the synopsis, I was like, that's fucking awesome. (laughs) Right. It's ridiculous. (laughs) I didn't look up a lot of info on this movie before going into it. So like when Walton Goggins showed up, I was like, Oh my God. Like, cause I love him. Mm -hmm. He's, he, 
He's one of like the, the best character actors out there right now. Like I've never seen him show up in something and like half ass it. Like he's always just like really good. And he's especially really good at playing these like dark, like slightly psychotic characters. Yeah. So like him popping up, like I thought he was great. Honestly, I think he stole the show. Like he was more of a selling point. Once I knew he was in the movie, I feel like he was doing better on screen than like whatever Mel Gibson was doing. Mel Gibson was basically just playing Mel Gibson in Most a Santa movie. movie. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this, like goes off what you're saying for me. It's also a kind of a negative of the movie. Okay. But, uh, definitely agree with you. I will say this. I think Mel Gibson's actually pretty good in this movie. Because for the most part, he is Mel Gibson. But then there's a few moments where, like, he actually has to sell something, like, sell emotion or, like, depression for this character, and he does a good job. Yeah. Like, in particular, there's that one scene where he has to tell the elves, basically, like, what the deal is. Yeah, that was and, he, good. and he's, like, tearing up. So I was like, oh, that's, that's like, that's good stuff. But <laughs> that's, that's some good stuff. That's, that's some good stuff. He's basically fucking over all these elves. But uh, the thing is, though, like, the, the main, like, nut of the movie i guess or like you know the thing that i think is supposed to be the biggest tie like you're supposed to get attached to the santa character and really like empathize with him like with his business going downhill and like he's getting shot up by like shitty kids and stuff like that like um but i found the storyline of just the assassin coming from way more engaging than essentially the main plot line boom there it is so i know like i've been like sounding very high on it because like I enjoyed the ridiculous nature of this movie, but you hit the nail on the head because I I wrote down, I'm like, I feel like it spent so much time. It spent too much time meandering, especially in the second act. Like there is a lot of stop and go in this movie Mm -hmm. and it feels really disjointed. Like the, the military stuff versus like the, I don't understand why both, things had to happen. Like, yeah. like I don't think it was totally necessary or at least I don't know why it doesn't feel like either of them is the, the main plot. It almost feels like it's plot B and C and there is no a plot, mm-hmm. but also I feel like it was hard. It's a little bit difficult, like sympathizing with Mel Gibson's Santa because he's he's just he's not really doing a lot for most of the movie he doesn't really do much like he doesn't say much like he has like these minor interactions i mean he's a total cock block yeah so like that i'm already like bro that's <laughs> fucked up he's like ain't you married george or whatever and george is like oh fuck yeah all right i'm out of here chris thanks for ruining tonight for one thing that like it was just in hindsight and this is um this is definitely spoilers so i guess also like fast forward about a minute but I felt like, because the whole movie, I was like, the assassin, you know, through line is way more engaging. And you don't really know anything about that character. You do find out some stuff in like a couple sentences right towards the end of the movie. Yeah. But like, I was thinking that, you know, when you, when they finally meet each other, you would find out like, like how they're connected. Like that's right. his son or something like that. Or that, or like he was like, someone that used to like work for him or something like that, that there was some reason why he was, it would be a big moment that they meet up instead. It's just kind of like, it's just like an action shootout at the end. Like there's a backstory behind him that doesn't really like, you don't care at all. Yeah. I just, I definitely agree. Cause I felt like the one plot line was 
was way more engaging than the main storyline. So I figured there was a reason, but there really isn't a reason. It's just, I guess, more exciting. Yeah, you could have just like added more depth to it. It would have been fine if the plot A was the assassin angle and there was more depth to his connection to Santa or, or like why he has such a festering hatred for him personally. Yeah. And then somewhere in the early second act, maybe they introduce the military aspects of like, you know, the just, just to make it so that this, that's, cause that's really, I think that's really what it is is like, they needed it so that they can have like this crazy, these, this military like action scene. Yeah at the end, you know, like have like all of these explosions and stuff like that. Like they needed a reason for like, why would that be there? Yeah. So like I get why they put it there, but it just felt like thrown in Mm -hmm. where I feel like if it was maybe less of a a focus point and if it was just like, um, if it took like a backseat to the assassin storyline then I feel like they might've had a better balance to the film. Yeah, I I agree. One thing I do want to say that is a positive for me. And we kind of hit it with like the world building a little bit and we talked about the budget, but this movie definitely has a, you know, a a smaller budget on it. And I really, I mean, I guess based on what you're seeing on screen, you can tell it doesn't have a small budget, but I think the look of it, I don't think it looks low budget. Like they didn't really, um, they did a really good job and a really smart job of substituting things for other visuals, like iconic visuals that are with Santa you know, and didn't have to make like a CGI sleigh or something like that. There is a sleigh, but they don't show that stuff. Right. And he drives like a red car and stuff like that. Yeah, his truck and, is red. I, yeah. I wrote that down. I actually really liked the subtle uh, nuances to be like, like, yeah, instead of it being a red sled, it's like a, just like a red old truck. Yeah. And it's just like, it almost made him, they, they kept like these elements that make it clear that he is who he is but they almost feel like more modern. Like it feels like Santa does live on this planet. Like it, like he's not like all like magical, like, Oh, ho, 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 you know, like all that stuff. He's more grizzled and stuff like that. But even like when they're talking to the elves and the elves kind of like explain, like, it's just like, Oh no, like, well, we, we just live like a lot longer than than humans do. Like we're not immortal. And, And then they're like, well, how do, how does he keep going? And just like the simple explanation of, of um, it was like, it's the giving that keeps him young. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's actually like really cool. Cause it wasn't just like a thing of like, Oh, he's immortal or, Oh, it's if people believe in him, it's like, it doesn't matter if people believe him. It's just the fact that he's still out there doing it. That, that's all. That's all it takes to keep him going. It's, yeah. I was like, I actually really like that. I yeah. Was like, I thought that was really cool. I, um, we, you know, going off just like the visuals and stuff like, and how they built the character though, the vibe you kind of get from the movie is kind of like almost like a gritty, like, like kind of like a Western in yeah. some ways. And I really dug that. You know, what's funny. This is the movie that Rambo last, last blood or whatever. It kind w- of was. wishes <laughs> it was. Yeah. <laughs> they, like they wit. This is what they wanted to make. And they fucked up. They should have just made Rambo Santa. Yeah, <laughs> they should have. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, for me, like my main positives are like aesthetic world building and then like i think like acting was like i wouldn't say it was phenomenal but it was it It was was good like i i actually expected a movie called fat man to be phoned in a little bit and uh i definitely didn't get that for me like my biggest negative is i didn't really find it like funny like it didn't 
didn't really like make me laugh at all when I think it was intending to make me laugh, but I was, I was entertained the whole way through. Yeah, me too. And it's not super long. Yeah. It's not long. I hour 35. Yeah. And I guess just, uh, you know, I, this, I don't know how much you have left, but my, my last negative on the movie is really just, I like the setup for the movie. I really like the first act. I liked the second act a little bit like too. Like I liked, um, I was very interested in how the pieces were going to come together. Yeah. But in hindsight, I don't really like the third act at all. Like the third, the third act for me is basically a, it's like a 20 minute shootout. Yeah. I'm into it for for the most part. I wanted it to be more over the top. Like that's the thing for me. Oh, like go a little bit crazier. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it felt generic to me. Like it felt like an action movie I'd seen very often. Yeah. It definitely doesn't, doesn't, push it as far as they probably could that might have been budget right there mm-hmm. but I, you know what that's definitely budget right there yeah but that would have been really cool for it to like just go like off the fucking rails because yeah. that's you could do it in a movie like that and it would be okay you know fucking like elves blowing up and through windows see and that would have like made thought, me laugh if, like, right like yeah. that would have been that would have been sweet but uh <laughs> fucking awesome been a fucking awesome but but yeah, no, I I get you like that. For me, like it was it was that middle of the movie where I I was not necessarily like losing interest, but I was just like I was like waiting. I was like, come on, like let's do something else. Like it was a lot of like Santa going into an establishment and somebody being like, Oh, hey, Chris. And you'd be like, Meh. Yeah. Yeah. And the assassin like, goes somewhere and he shoots someone and leaves. Yeah. yeah like, it was real repetitive. Nothing was really progressing, it felt like. And I agree it with was that. It's kind of like meandering a little bit. And that that did bother me. That's probably my biggest negative on the movie is I feel like even in an hour and a half runtime, there's a lot of wasted space yeah. where I feel like they could have really pushed the envelope a little bit further. Mm-hmm. So that, that's pretty much like the big one for me. But other than that, I don't have any more notes. Yeah. For, for me, like... I def I totally get the meandering and all that. I definitely f- was like the assassins just going from one place to another, and he's just like, "Hey, give me info." Okay, you're dead. Hey, give me info. Okay, you're, like that was just happening over and over again. But in the second act, I was still intrigued with like I thought that there was going to be like a big connection between the two because they give the assassin that one line where he's like, "Oh, I am definitely interested in this job." So I was like, "Oh, there's going to be like a big reveal at the end," and then there really isn't. So it was. The third act for me was kind of a letdown. Yeah. But yeah, overall though, like surprised in that and what it gave me. Like again, like can't judge it by its cover, but the movie's called Fat Man and just kind of came out. And I was like, this is going to be like a stupid action movie where like Mel Gibson's wearing a fat suit. And then like they actually gave me like cool world building for for a while. (laughs) Yeah. And like. And he doesn't wear a fat suit. He doesn't. No. Yeah. It's funny. They keep calling him Fat Man and in no way was I looking at him and be like. That guy's fat. Like, yeah, he didn't I look know. Fat. He didn't. No, not at all. Was, I, I actually thought that was like kind of a funny thing about it too. Mm. I actually, I also really liked the the scene when he's like talking to Mrs. Claus, and he's just like, "Look at it. They think I'm a fucking joke." And then he's like holding the wrapping paper. Yeah, he's got like the big, be- like, you know, it's like cartoon <laughs> Santa. She's like, eh, "Nobody takes me fucking seriously, seriously anymore." Yeah. And I was like, "That's actually funny. Like, I like that. Like, I like that the the iconography." still is the same as what we know but like he is a real person who just looks like a regular guy yeah <laughs> like and he's just like what the fuck is this <laughs> I, I thought that was funny there was a lot that i like really enjoyed like 
when I said like, oh, I was, like I knew right away. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna take this movie too seriously. I was like, I know exactly what they're gonna be serving me up. Like they're going for like a silly action movie. Like they know that this movie is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And they're given action. I agree with you. Like I feel like they didn't go as ridiculous as they should have, um, and played it still played it straight. But this is definitely a good time. I really enjoyed watching this. Yeah. So, sir. Dost thou haveth thine own tomato and tomatoes? Ooh, I do. Tomato, tomato. The critics, they are bringing this movie in a 46%. Wow. Yeah, so that's an F. <laughs> I'll tell you this, though. Not a lot of people are reviewing this. It's only got 100 critic reviews on it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So they just don't get it. I guess so, Yeah. But the audience, 83%, granted only 30 reviews on it, but it is sitting at an 83%. Okay. Huh. So that's like a, that's an F to a, like a B, B minus. Hmm. This is interesting. I don't know why I'm stalling. Okay. <laughs> you know what it was is because I'm trying to, I'm trying to find where, cause I put it in with my rankings. Oh, okay. And I couldn't remember where I ranked it. To find what I graded it. Okay. So I'm going to say tomato. Mm -hmm. I don't think this movie deserves to fail. Yeah. I had a really good time watching it. Um, I have some problems with it. So I gave it a C. Oh. Oh. There's there's so many times where I feel like I'm way more negative on it and you're way more positive. I'm like, this guy's going to give this like a B. And then you give it the same grade that I gave it. You gave it a C as well? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. We saw it for what it is. Yeah. I gave it tomato and I gave it a C. Perfect. Um, like when I when I was done watching it, I was just like, that's a 75. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that's exactly where I wanted to put it. I'm like, that, that actually I feel like, because when I rank the movies on the list, a big factor to my how I rank my movies for the year is what is the likelihood that I will rewatch it and what is the like how much do I think I might enjoy watching that again. Mm-hmm. So like I put when I ranked it, I put this movie over some movies that I gave like a B plus to, even though it's a C, because I feel like this is a movie that like come this time next year. If somebody was like, do you want to watch this movie? I'd be like, you know what? Fucking throw it on because it's, it's crazy. <laughs> and like, if I'm like hanging out, watch. Here's the thing. Watch it with people. I I think I enjoyed it even more because it was a more communal experience to see the movie. Yeah. As opposed, like, I don't think I would necessarily just put this on and watch it by myself. Mm-hmm. But to watch it with somebody, even if it's just one other person, just to show them, be like, oh, my God, like, check this out. It's, it's ridiculous. But, you know, it's still holiday spirit. Yeah. I'm like, I'll probably I'll probably check this out again. Not immediately, <laughs> but next year, this will probably be watched. So, yeah, there we go. It's a it's a timeless holiday classic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fat man. I've always said that. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since like a week ago when I watched it. Well, nice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm glad we got to review this though. Yeah, me too. Sneaking one more out in 2020. I think this is going to be the last episode of the Double Deuce. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. What a year it has been. Mm Mm-hmm. Worst fucking year in pod, our our podcast's history. History. (laughs) It's only the second one. I'll say this though. Like the way I feel, yeah. Uh, In terms of growth, Definitely not. <laughs> oh, we've been crushing it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, we're practically millionaires. 
It's a, I sent you though. I sent you the graph and like, Oh yeah. About like six months ago, there's just an absurd spike. Yeah. I don't know what that could have been from like what that, I think it's just from, from, from pound the pavement, bro. Traction. There, there are things dealing with like, now we're just getting into like the nuts and bolts of podcasting and social media and stuff. But like, there are things for like algorithms and like spoiler alert because we keep telling the swampies to give us five star reviews. Like those are super important for us being able to be found by more people, but there is a secondary goal. It's actually our primary goal, but there is like, there's a two hander for why those reviews are super important to us right now. Yeah. But as you get more reviews, as you get more listens, like the algorithm promotes you more and it puts you up a little bit higher. So when people search movie podcasts will show up sooner. And one of those biggest factors is time. So I feel like what that was, was we passed a certain time threshold. So then all of a sudden they're just like, Hey, now, now you'll show up more because it's like, we see that you're consistent. You've been putting out episodes weekly for X amount of, you know, weeks. So now we're going to promote you harder. Yeah. So I think that was a big part of it, but also like, I feel like we've been doing some of our best work. I think so. I definitely think so. I and mean, I'm having fun. I'll, I'll say this too. Like, I think the pandemic was probably not easy for a lot of movie podcasts to like keep going. Yeah, I mean, we we know a bunch that have that have been putting out consistent work and like really good stuff. But Mm -hmm. I would not be surprised if there were other movie podcasts that just stopped, stopped, dropped off. Yeah, you know, podcasts are a dime a dozen. Yeah, it's all about it's for us. It's about being consistent and making sure we still have fun doing it. And if we're having fun, like there's going to be people who think we are cool. (laughs) They're wrong, (laughs) but they'll still think it. Yeah. Which is fine. <laughs> I'm okay with some moron thinking I'm awesome. Yeah. <laughs> even though, obviously, none of you fucks like me at all. Honestly, this is the Colin show. Because <laughs> because clearly nobody likes me. Because anytime there's an opportunity for the Swampies to take my side in like the voting on our brackets or anything, especially when we did the competition between the two of us, like we each had 16 movies, and then I only had three movies in the second round. Yeah. I lost 13 of my 16 (laughs) movies in the first fucking round. And I had awesome movies on my list. Yeah. Like amazing movies. Like, I think I had like the two highest ranked movies on our bracket in total. And they both lost in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly they hate me. They're only listening for you, which honestly I don't fucking get. (laughs) (laughs) I, on the bracket, I did not put what movies were whose, so only yeah. people who listen to the episode would. But yeah, I mean, we got our our Spotify um, like stats because they actually did a rap for podcasters this year, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I liked that. And, I think uh, this is the first year they did that. Yeah, and they should do it always because mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, and it, I agree. Oh my god, my ego. <laughs> yeah, I got I got stroked so hard. But it was, I think our growth this year was, was like 538 or 560 something. It was like 500. It was almost 600%. It was like 580 something. Yeah. And like, that's awesome. But like, also just like looking at the stats, like that, that growth was, was all of 2020, but really that growth was like the last six months. Yeah. But dude, I need to address something. Okay. I don't know if you noticed in our stats Mm -hmm. and I don't know if this is because of, or despite of so we had the most growth in the, the U S which makes sense. Cause that's where we are. Yeah. That's where we're from. And that's 
where we have the most access. Mm -hmm. Did you notice what country was second behind the U.S. for growth at like over 300% growth? Yeah. Australia. Yeah. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I didn't know you guys were paying attention when we were doing all those Outback Steakhouse impressions. (laughs) I don't know if you love it or hate it. I'm going to keep doing it. But I am sorry. The reason there was growth you is caught me. It's because you caught me. all of Australia was like, these fucking clowns are like making fun of us. Like, <laughs> crikey. <Yeah. laughs> these fucking wankers. They're making fun of our accents. <laughs> no, I, all right. Know this about me. I love Australia. I actually have family in Australia. Really? Yeah. Maybe that's who's listening. Mm-hmm. But I doubt it. I love Australia. I have Kangaroo Jack on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a knife. I know that's Crocodile Dundee. It's different. No, listen. Obviously, I like Australia. I like it so much that I actually know there is a difference between Australia and New Zealand. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that Australia's not cool enough to have had the Lord, Lord of the, the Rings, Rings filmed there. <laughs> yeah. That's the only difference. Otherwise, you're the same fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not true. I'm sorry. I'm like, I, I started as like, I'm sorry we we made a mockery of the accent, but also we, we constantly defend. We're not making fun of an Australian accent. We're making fun of the fake Australian accent from Outback Steakhouse commercials. Yeah. Which is clearly an American doing a bad Australian accent. Yeah. I'll blame me on you. Blame it on you. Come on down here, big stick house. Stick house. Yeah, stick, house. Like stick house. Stick house. No, that's how you said it. It's out back, like the singer. Yeah. Out big stick house. <laughs> Grab your shears. Come on down here, big stick house. Grab your pike. <laughs> Come on out of the stick house. Guys, have a blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> just vomit now. Yeah. But yeah, it starts with an apology for the accent, and then I just double down and yeah. be like, "You're all shit people." <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> no, but I am so happy. I'm I'm obviously happy to see the growth, but I'm also like happy that like it's it's branching out like outside of our general vicinity because I, I know like yeah. in the beginning it was like only New York, <laughs> mostly yeah New York, New Jersey. It was like our primary listenership. We started growing more in like California, Florida, Texas, and stuff, and then you start seeing it like blossom out. And now we're seeing like, we saw like a lot of growth in Europe too, like the UK in general. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, so just big, big, big thank you to like all you swampies. And here we go. Cause I'm like trying to have like a genuine moment, but then I call them swampies. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, obviously we respect you. You filthy fucking swampies. You dirty pieces of shit. You nasty fucking boys. Nasty daddies. You fucking bunch of nasty daddies. You're the real, we should make a nasty daddy t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I've been working on like, I want to make like more like masks. I like like what you're working on right now. Oh, should we just tell them? Yeah, go for it. Cause I could literally release it tonight. Oh yeah. Go for it. The design's done. Yeah. We're going to put out a Quentin Tarantino shirt, which is a joke from like three or four. From, or five I think our freaky ago. episode. Yeah. Our freaky yeah. episode. I think, yeah, that sounds about right. I love our banner in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm quitting. I'm quitting Tarantino. Tino. And he just did a whole bunch of Quentin yeah. Tarantino puns. <laughs> we should do a shirt for every single stupid pun Fun. from that. Should just be, yeah, like a long sentence, long run on sentence. Yeah. 
And then at the end, it'll be like, and my manager's name is Jackie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that goes on the back. back on, yeah. yeah. It's just all of these, and then just on the back, and my manager's <laughs> name is Jackie Brown. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Actually, I might go back and listen to just that, like, that chunk of the episode, <laughs> and then, like, type it out and, like, make the shirt. Sure. Yeah, you should. It'd be really cool. It's so stupid. <laughs> but, yeah, we're, we're going to post that up. Definitely by the time this episode's out, I'll post that up. Because if I forget to do it tonight, I'll be editing the episode, and I'll be like, oh, shit, I made a commitment that I can't, <laughs> can't fulfill. fulfill. So let, let me let me put that up before I release the episode. So at least I'm in control of both of those. But it's uh, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. You got to listen to the freaky episode to get the joke, but definitely yeah. do it because it's really funny. I honestly, I'm honestly making it because I want it. I don't care if nobody buys it because it doesn't cost us any money to have. We can have unlimited designs on there. It doesn't yeah. cost us a dime to do mm-hmm. it. We should just, we should do one for like every fucking episode. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. The only thing that matters is the amount of time it takes for us to do the design. True. But this is all text-based, so it's <laughs> super easy. It is. <laughs> I just had to Google what the fucking font was. <laughs> it looks good. And then make the right color yellow to match up with like the the color he uses. Because he uses like that same that like same yellow yeah. mm-hmm. for like Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, and the Kill Bills, like when his title card comes up. Mm-hmm. So uh, so yeah, I just ripped that off. Yeah. <laughs> slapped the slapped real small underneath. So yeah, TV I stole. Reviews. Yeah. <laughs> Intellectual theft. <laughs> That's some IP theft for you, baby. No, uh, it's good. And you can check that out uh at two dudes And you can see the rest of our merch too, Quantum Fucker, which you worked really hard on. Basically for me. Yeah. And Noah, right? <laughs> Noah was the one that bought like immediately like, like yeah. he bought it and we were just like Noah yeah well, hell yeah that's my boy <laughs> fuck yeah yeah it was yeah right away he was the first one to buy it I was like nice I want to know I want to know the settings where he's wearing that shirt yeah no, if he's if you hear this hit us up yeah like just just send us a message be like these are the various places I've worn the quantum fucker shirt <laughs> actually if you could send us a picture of you in the quantum fucker shirt <laughs> and nothing else. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Go to onlyfans.com backslash two dudes, one movie. Yeah. Just Donald ducking in the quantum fucker shirt. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh with your hand, with your hand in a jar of honey. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't do that. You don't have to send us a picture. I, d- I would be curious to know, be like, where have you been wearing this shirt? Cause it literally says, quantum fucker on <laughs> like i'm trying to think of like where i would be comfortable wearing it you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i think the answer is the grocery store but only when i have my son with me <laughs> <laughs> just so people would be like that's a bad dad <laughs> that guy that guy fucks <laughs> clearly he's done it once he's got a kid <laughs> technically i can only prove i've only i've I, I've been doing that now, but I've only ever had sex once. I'd be like, that can't be true. I'd be like, well, I only got one kid. It's <laughs> the only proof I have. Yeah. Unless you go and get testimonials. The proof is in the pudding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the proof is in the pudding. Me putting my dick in you. <laughs> classic. <laughs> what, what a classic. Just like Fat Man. Just like Fat Man. <laughs> and on that note, suck it, Swampies. <laughs>